you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. service and uh, just appreciated his spirit so very much we had a few moments of talk of just hearing what the Lord is doing in their life and their ministry they are just getting started on about a year-long uh, journey of raising funds and uh, preaching and uh, getting prayer warriors and support so they can get back to France brother Byfield from New York City originally, of course, from Jamaica, and uh, Sister Byfield from France. And so uh, both uh, wonderful people, I can just tell by their spirit and their attitude. And tonight they are God's people for this service. And I want you to open your heart and receive the word of the Lord. They can preach, sing. Uh, I even told him he's free to juggle if he would like. CLC, why don't you put your hands together and give Brother and Sister Byfield a great big God bless you. Welcome from Frankfurt. Praise the Lord. Why don't we give that hand clap of praise to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. Hallelujah, hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. The psalmist said, Great is the Lord. But he did not stop there. He said he is greatly to be praised. Amen. You could you could praise man only but so much. But you could praise God forever. Because
because he is a great God. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. It's so good to be at CLC. And we, tonight, this night, I'm not even going to try to say it's Sunday night, right? Yes. It's Sunday night. We have been traveling. As Pastor said, uh, we are missionaries to France. Thank you, Pastor and Sister Jordan, for allowing us to be here uh, this evening. We're grateful for uh, allow for you to allow us to come here to minister and share our burden and what is happening in France. God is doing great things in the country of France, and I'm thankful for that. That's the kind of God that he is. Uh, when I drove up on this property, I was blown away by what God has done here. Thank God. He is a good God. We are undeserving, but he is a good God. We uh, have just begun our deputation. We, this is our third state. We have, uh, <laughs> typically we have about 300 churches to go to. We have done about 10 so far. So I'm not good at math. You all do the math. We have a few more churches to go to. But we're thankful. I just want to say that uh, the United Pentecostal Church, because of churches like this and your giving, you have decreased the time of deputation drastically. It used to be that missionaries would be traveling for up to two years doing what we're doing. But because of giving churches, that's been uh, decreased to about six to nine months. My son wants me to say six months to a year. Six months to a year. I get, I get it every time after church. Six months to a year. That's been decreased. And uh, thank you. Thank you for giving. Thank you for praying for us. It is so important and needful for missionaries to get back to uh, their field of labor. Amen. How many people in here speak French? No one. How many learned French in high school? How many forgot that French the day you left high school? Amen. Me too. That's how it goes. Well, my son is going to teach you a little bit of French tonight. He's going to come with my wife. Here's the deal. After that. There will be an oral exam. Amen. So listen very closely. Uh, it shouldn't be that hard. And uh, we're going to come and also share a little of what's happening there in France. Bonjour, bienvenue à la church. Nous sommes contents d'être avec vous ce soir. We're glad to be here in God's presence. Church, it's so great to be here at CLC and worshiping the Lord with you. 
listening to the report from Trustee Gordon, and uh, thank you for the warm welcome. We appreciate it very much. And I'm excited a bit about the grant, what's going on there. There's uh, so many things to talk about, but I want to highlight a couple of things, exciting things that uh, are going on right now. Grants is made up, just to start with slides here, it's made up of uh, 6.7 million people, and there's only 21 UPC churches. So that means for every church, there's 319,000 people. Cranston is very, very underchurched. And uh, five years ago, my husband and I were appointed missionaries to France, and uh, God gave us a vision for the birthing of this this team over there. And uh, when we first got there, nothing much was going on. We were helping in the home church on my parents' side. But then uh, in 2020, we met this lady who had just gotten out of psychiatric hospital, and uh, she was very hungry for God. And so we started teaching her a home Bible study. And um, that, that home Bible study turned into a small group in her house. And then we outgrew her house, so then we had to find another location. And right before we left, we had a congregation of, uh, of several people, and um, we had to install a local pastor there. You can show that, that slide. And it's in Sant, an hour and a half from Paris. And so that's what happened right before we left. And we thank God for that from one home Bible study. And the Lord was, was repeating that same pattern in the city where we live. We live in Fontainebleau, that uh, city where there's a beautiful castle where many kings lived, including Napoleon. Uh, there's many business schools, uh, different schools, and so it's a very international city. And uh, we were there, uh, we really had a burden for that city, and uh, for three years we prayed and fasted and nothing was going on. But one day in 2021, three of our young people were walking in the marketplace and uh, they just wanted to connect with somebody. And they met Mabel, who's from Lebanon, and she had been praying that very week that she would meet some Christian people so she could share God's word and learn more about God. And so we started teaching her home Bible study. You can show the next slide. Yeah, that's uh, Mabel on the left. And we started home Bible studies in our group. She, in our home, sorry. And she started inviting friends and our house got too small again. <laughs> so we had to find a local place uh, downtown. And so if you see, show the next slide, we, uh, had, we have this little place that we're renting. It's called The Refuge, Le Refuge. And uh, at The Refuge, we try to get involved in the community. So not only do we teach home Bible studies, we have small groups, but we're also teaching English to French, or sorry, French to English-speaking people. And we're also very involved in the community. In our last community event in June, we had our young, uh, the, our group there that went out, and they had they got five contacts who came to service that very Sunday. So we're excited about that. God is doing tremendous things. And another exciting thing is that uh, there's a young person from our home church. He uh, he goes to high school in Fontainebleau, and we started a Bible club there. And no room. They don't give them a room to share the word of God, and so they would go outside in the woods and do it in the woods. And so we said, please come to the refuge. And so he comes with all his friends regularly on Friday, and every Friday they bring in new people, and they're really on fire for God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And right before we left, Mabel, our first contact in Fontainebleau, got baptized in Jesus' name. That's the next slide, I believe. Yes, Mabel and Izzy, her friend, got baptized in Jesus' name. So we're so excited about that. 
And we believe that God is going to do that same thing in every city in France. We really believe it. And that's why I want to get back there soon. What can you do? You can pray, which you do already. And we thank you for that. Uh, Isaiah, or sorry, uh, the effectual prayer of a, the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And you can also give Ecclesiastes 11.6. In the morning sow thy seed, and in the evening withhold not thine hand. For thou knowest not whether shall prosper either this or that, or whether they both shall alike be good. What will we do? We'll go back. There's much work left to do, many churches to plant, and much territory to con conquer. And so um, I'm going to leave you with this last verse, Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, God is able. God bless you. Amen. God is doing great things there in France. As my wife said, those are a few highlights. But he's a miracle-working God. I've learned to trust him when we cannot see or we do not. We don't know where, what direction we're going. I've learned to trust in God. Amen. Amen. Stand with me, if you will. You have your Bible. We're going to go to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 47, verses 1. Appreciate this church when we tell people that we're going to CLT. Everyone says, "Man, that's that's encouraging." But we look forward to being here with you all, and I feel that I feel that spirit. As I was talking to Pastor, I felt that, and I'm so glad to be here with you again. Ezekiel chapter 47. We will begin reading at verse one. Bible says, after he brought me again unto the door of the house, and behold, the waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward. For the forefront of the house stood toward the east, and the waters came down from under the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. Then brought he me out of the way of the gate northward, and led me up, led me about the way without unto the other gate by the way that looked, looked eastward. And behold, there ran out waters right side. And the man that had the line, verse 3, in his hand went forth eastward, and he measured 2,000 cubits. And he brought me through the water, and the waters were to the ankles. And he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters, the waters were to the knees. He measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters to the loins. Afterward, verse 5, he measured 1,000, and it was as a river Waters were risen, and it ceased to swim in it, a river that could not be passed through. Amen. I want to speak to you on something I've entitled, Let the River Flow. Turn around to your neighbor and say, Let the river flow. Let the river flow. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Lord Jesus, we need your help. We can't do it without you. We will not even try. God, this is your word. I pray that it will take effect tonight. Open our hearts to receive your word. Help us to be challenged by your word. Help us to be changed by your word. Help us to be washed by your word. I thank you for all that you're going to do for us. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. During the time that Ezekiel wrote this particular passage of scripture, Judah 
more specifically, Jerusalem, where he lived, was attacked and defeated by the Babylonians. And he was a common victim of a Near Eastern policy towards conquered people. What they would do is when they would conquer a land, they would take the brightest and the smartest and they would take them and try to indoctrinate them. You see something similar when we read the story of Daniel and his three friends. Something similar happened to them. This is what was happening in Ezekiel. The people of God were conquered often. The reason they were conquered is because they would turn their backs on God, that they would turn to idolatry. And they were warned that if they did not turn back, God would send these nations to come against them and to capture them. So they went through many dark periods of captivity, this being one of them. And so now Ezekiel is in captivity, and he is a child of God. But while Ezekiel is there in captivity, we go back to Ezekiel chapter 1, verses 1, and he says this, And now it came to pass in the thirteenth year, in the fourth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives, he says that the heavens were opened, and I saw visions of God. He says in the fifth day, verse 2, of the month, which was the fifth year of Jehoiakim's captivity, the word of the Lord came expressly unto Ezekiel the priest. And in verse 3 says, the hand of the Lord was there upon him. Now, if you casually read through that scripture, it really means not that much to you. But it gives me some hope because even though Ezekiel is in a dark place, and even though he is in captivity, he mentions three things that happens to him. He said, the windows of heaven were opened to me. How many know that even when you are in a dark place in your life, it does not stop God. He can open the windows of heaven and show you his omnipotence right where you are. The second thing he says is, I got a word from the Lord. Reminds me of John on the Isle of Patmos. Although isolated from everyone, he says, I got a word. It was the Lord's day, and I got a word from the Lord. Ezekiel said, I got a word from the Lord. And the third thing he says, he placed his hand upon my life. Can I just minister to someone for a few minutes here tonight? You might be, I don't know what your circumstances. You look so good in the building. You smile well. But you might be in a period of darkness, a season where you feel captive to your circumstance, captive to your situation. But can I tell you, just like Ezekiel, God will show up. And God can show up. The darkness does not stop God. In fact, he does some of his best work in the darkness. Because when I read my Bible, I open my Bible to the book of Genesis. The Bible says that the world, the earth, was empty without form or void. And darkness, you hear it? Darkness covered the earth. But then mighty God said, let there be. And in the middle of darkness, he framed a world. In the middle of darkness, he created. And so he can do the same thing in your life today. 
In fact, the psalmist said in 139 verses 12, Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. What does that mean to you and what does that mean to me? When I'm going through a situation in my life and I cannot see even this far from my eyes because of the darkness that surrounds me. Just know the Bible says that darkness is like day unto him. And so he could just make his way right into your life unhindered by any kind of darkness. That's the kind of God that we serve. God had a plan for the earth while it was in darkness. And he has a plan for your life even when you are going through darkness. God begins to give Ezekiel a series of prophetic visions about the people of Israel. And just like many prophecies in the Bible, there is a prophetic fulfillment for the people of that time. But there's also a future prophetic fulfillment for the church today. And so we begin to walk through this a little bit. As Ezekiel is there in captivity, he begins to see uh, a peculiar image. Ezekiel begins to see water. He sees the temple, and he sees water that's coming from beneath the temple. He says in Ezekiel 47.1, I saw a stream flowing from beneath the temple passing on the right side of the altar. For the people of that day, this vision gave them hope. You see, the temple was their central place of worship. When things were going good at the temple, that meant things were going good in their lives. And for Ezekiel to give them this vision, it gave them hope that one day they can worship in the temple again. They would not be in captivity, but they will be in their place, what God has given them, and they would be able to worship again. So no doubt they rejoice at hearing this prophecy of Ezekiel. But I believe that it is a prophecy for the church today. There is relevance and a prophetic fulfillment because the Bible tells us about another temple. And this time it's not a physical temple. But in John 7.38, the Bible says, He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. The Bible tells us that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So the fulfillment for us today is that there is going to be a flow, a river that's flowing from out of our lives. It comes from the throne. It comes to the temple. But hear me, it doesn't stay here in the temple. We don't just become vessels, but we become conduits. Let the water flow into my life, Lord, so I can flow out and show someone, and tell someone about the gospel of Jesus Christ. I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, though, the, the river is still flowing. It's never stopped as long as God has a man, woman, boy, and girl that will call upon his name, and it's filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There is a river of life that's flowing through you. Young people, I know that we just spoke about starting school, and I, I know, I remember when I, I, I would start school. It wasn't the greatest time in the world. But when you go to school, understand something, that there is a river of life that's flowing through you. God has called you to the kingdom for such a time as this. Not only our young people, but every person in this room. God has called you to flow 
through. The Bible says, after you have received the Holy Ghost, he says, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. Everyone say witness. I need to be a witness. You need to be a witness. Witnessing just doesn't have to do with things that happen on this platform. But being a witness is something that you can do every day. Just by your walk with God, by your testimony. As you heard my wife said, there was an entire church started by just one Bible study. You might say, well, I'm just teaching one Bible study. and You might feel overwhelmed. But you don't know what that Bible study is going to produce. It produced an entire church. The next person that you offer to teach a Bible study to, they could be perhaps the most influential person in this community that will win dozens and hundreds of people to the kingdom of God. So Ezekiel, he sees this. And he begins to see the water flowing from the temple. And when he sees the water flowing from the temple, the person that is showing him this, it tells him, okay, Ezekiel, take a walk with me. Because I want to show you what's happening with this water that's flowing from the temple. As he began to do that, he took him to a stream. And when he took him to the stream to cross it, Ezekiel said, the water came up to my ankle. Now, it's a good thing that they saw that the water was coming from his ankle. But the fact that the water was by their ankle, okay, that's, that's cool. That, that, ought, that should be on the Bible, right? But Ezekiel said this, the next time that angel took me and crossed back across that same river, he didn't say, well, the water is only to the ankles here. It means you've got to go somewhere else. He said, no, stay right here. I'm going to take you to the next. I'm going to take you across the same river. He takes him across the same river. He says, then I began to see water coming to my knees. Then he takes him one more time. He says, let's go across this same river. And as he goes across the river again, the Bible says that the water begins to come up to his loins. And then when he took him across again, he said the water overflowed to the point that we were only able to swim in it. Doesn't that sound like the way God gives us revival? Sometimes we start out small. The Bible tells us never to despise the days of small beginnings or small things. And sometimes we start small. And we say, well, not much is happening here. But I got a word from the Lord. The man of God, the angel of the Lord wants to show you something. If you just continue to persevere in your personal life, in your walk with God, God will bring you to places that you have never seen before. God will begin to perform miracles in your life that you have never seen before because that's the kind of God that he is. He is a progressive God. God never calls you to just accomplish one thing. You read many things about God in the Bible, but one thing you never will read is that he's a mediocre God. He's a great God. When he does things, he does things great. In fact, the Bible says that he does all things well. 
And so, God, as we sit here tonight, I want to tell you and encourage you that God has a plan for your life. It does no good if we come to this service on Sunday night and hear this wonderful singing and this worship like we did, and it stays within these four walls. But we've got to be conduits and say, God, if you bless me, I've got to tell somebody else about the gospel of Jesus Christ. I know I've been caught up in this in my life sometimes. We can complain about every single issue that we have. <laughs> I used to work at a family gathering. I've been to Thanksgiving before and they had this table and they're like, So sometimes we begin to have to complain about every single thing. But I'm here to tell you that God has sent us to every location as far as our families, our schools, our jobs are concerned. And the reason that he sent us there because he wants us to be a light in the midst of darkness. That is the primary function for the church. I know that we love to have church, but God wants us to be a witness. When we read the Bible, one of the first recorded words that God said is, let there be light. Because if there was not light, you would not have been able to see the creation. But he said, let there be light. And as we go through the Bible, we understand that that light is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's Christ himself. And he says the same thing to us today. Let that river of the Holy Ghost flow through you so you can bring light to a dark world. So he brings them across the river. And then Ezekiel, it does not stop there. He sees that the water is flowing from the east, flowing from the south. But watch this church. When the water is flowing from the south, this is what the gospel message does. The Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 6, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. When I returned there along the bank of the river were many trees, one side and the other. Then he said to me, this water, this is the water of the Jordan, it flows toward the eastern region, goes down into the valley and enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, its water runs dry. If there's any time we live in a world that needs to hear this, it's right now. We cannot depend on the politicians to heal our land. We cannot depend on the schools to heal our land. What's going to heal our land is some Holy Ghost filled, baptized in Jesus' name. People that are walking around telling someone, let me tell you who Jesus is. Let me tell you who can give you hope, joy, peace in your life. I'm telling you that's what God wants to do through this church. Not only to the pastor, but from the youngest to the oldest in here. He wants to bring peace. He wants to bring joy. He wants to bring healing. He did not stop there. He said, and it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the river goes, will live. There will be a great multitude of fish. This is through the church. 
this is to us. There will be a great multitude of fish because these waters go there. For they will be healed and everything will live where they are. Don't believe the media. I know things might look bad. They give really not much hope. But hear the word of God to this church today. God has called you. I know I keep saying it and I know I keep harping on this same thing. But this is the word of the Lord. He has called you to affect change in this community outside of these four walls. In our church, I got, well, I did it in a nice way. But I started asking some of our people that have been in church for a long time. Hey. church 10, 15 years. When was the last time you received the Bible? You see, we can't get so caught up in ministry that we forget what it is to minister. And I said, the, the, the only hope, the Bible says the word of God comes by hearing. And hearing comes by the word of the Lord. We cannot sit back. This is not against this church, I promise you. This is the word of God to me. He's been speaking to me about this. We cannot sit back and just have church the church has got to go and spread the gospel. When we went to France, he told us that the French people don't want to have anything to do with God. They just like to have fun. They just like to have a good time. You give me a chance to tell somebody about Jesus, and I'll show you that they want joy and peace that they don't know. And so this one lady that my wife was telling you about, she was in a psychiatric hospital. French person, born and raised in France, never owned a Bible in her life at 30-something years old. But we sat down and began to teach her a Bible study. And that river began to flow. And it began to heal her life. And she got baptized in Jesus' name. And now, because of her, we've started an entire church. Don't tell me it's not possible. We've just got to let that river flow. God, you. challenge you. I don't know. I know sometimes, I know the background I came from was very, very traditional background. And, 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 and sometimes I thought, I thought, I know that's what you thought, but I thought the way to witness to somebody is to be the one to preach and grab a hold of the mic in the language. Turn up People that need healing, people that are hurting, just begin to open up and talk to them. And when I would begin to do that, God began to make me see. You see, if you want to witness to someone on this job, you'll have to be the one to do it. 
it's probably a good idea to form some kind of friendship. And I'm not saying form a friendship to the point where they start to influence you from the wrong. But start a friendship where there's a connection there. So when it's time for you to witness to them, they have a friend that you can turn to. Not just some random person that's trying to ram the gospel down your throat, but someone that is close. And God will begin to use you. He'll begin to use you. And he said in 47 verse 9, it reads, And it shall be every living thing that moves wherever the rivers go will live. There will be a great multitude of fish because these waters go, for they will be healed and everything will live wherever it goes. Ten, and it shall be that fishermen will stand by and watch. They will be in be places for spreading their nets. Their fish will be the same kinds of fish as of the great sea, exceedingly many. Verse 12, along the bank of the river, on this side and on that side, will grow all kinds of trees, beautiful trees. Their leaves will not wither, and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because their water flows Because their water flows, their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine. It is a picture, a beautiful word picture of the church of Jesus Christ growing and bringing life wherever the rivers flow. The healing word, healing the world and saving the world. Paving the way significantly the river that they used in Psalms. did not come from some kind of government building. It did not come from a marketplace, a place of building, an athletic arena. It came from the house of the Lord. You see, wherever this gospel message is accepted, there will be fruit. May the Spirit of God flow through this message and through this witnessing. When we were ministering in Fontainebleau, Last place my wife spoke about, this young lady, Mabel. Her story is she's from Lebanon. She's up in Rome, And she came to acting school in Fontainebleau. And as she's there, she comes from a church background in Lebanon. Comes to acting school looking for work. Um, I don't know, I can't talk about it because it's acting school. And as she's there, she's walking through that market and he's like, hey, I did this job. Let me help you. What is he doing? He's got a barber shop. 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 And the minute they engaged that young lady, they understood and found out 
God showed us how he's going to do the work in that city. It's not going to be a perfect plan. You see, most of the people that come to that city, they go to school for a season, and then they go back to work. So now I'm looking for a traditional type of setting where we grow a church, and we have the same people five. the gospel so now Mabel is back in Lebanon and she's got a group of people that went to her church that tell, told her before she left or this is how she grew up learning that you don't need to speak in tongues to be born again you don't need to so now Mabel is going back to Lebanon and telling them hold on I'm not going to tell you this out of my own evidence by speaking with other people. God is doing things in people's lives that are around them that just walk by us and we don't even know. And I've learned to pray the prayer, God, lead me to the hungry. I don't want to be led to the people that want to battle or, or, or challenge me about what I believe. I want to be led to people that are hungry for me. And all I have to do is let this gospel message There's a Muslim lady that came to our church. She walked into our church one day and she was dressed like that. And she came in and it was my wife that spoke to her. And she says, I, I, I would like a Bible study. As he started giving her that Bible study, I just figured, you know what? We're just going to start with the Bible and tell the authenticity of the Bible, why we believe the Bible is true, because I know that she's probably got another social situation. I started with that. She started talking about the oneness of God. She stopped us right there when we were talking about that. And this lady was living in Africa, listen to me closely, in a Muslim community. And one night while living in that Muslim community, in her dream, God gave her a vision of the oneness says God is not really God. And so when we started talking to her about this, she says, the things that you're telling me about myself, that's exactly what God told me. So we continue teaching her Bible studies. She's since gotten baptized in Jesus' name. She's been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now she is one of the most faithful members of our church. She's brought her husband back. She's brought her children. And I believe strongly 
that she is going to go in her community and she's going to let the river of the life flow and begin to tell people, listen, I found, I found. someone like that. I am convinced that there is someone like a Mabeli in each and every one of our lives. None of us are exempt from this God challenged me a few years ago. I would go out and I would invite people to church. That was my psychiatric hospital, when, when she lived 50 miles away from our headquarters church. Pastor, I didn't say, hey, you got to find a ride. You got to find a way to church. I love you. We did our Bible and now you find a way to church. No. She said, we're going to pray. And because we went to her and sat in her house and listened to her Bible study, now there's a church in her house. Maybe somebody that you work with. Maybe the opportunity will open for you to fellowship with them. Go to where they are. Maybe in the, 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 the place where they live. Maybe somewhere local. And sit down with them and say, hey, so quick to fight people. That'll make a good Pentecostal right there. Oh yeah, that'll make you know, you know what the Bible says that he died for our sins but the sin the whole world everyone becomes a candidate for salvation. All I've got to do is say God Flow through me. Flow through me tomorrow at work. Flow through me in my family. Flow through me at school. And see what God can do. Join me at this altar, if you will. Join me at this altar. I want to pray with you. I believe that God is opening doors for you. In fact, I believe that people that you will rub shoulders with tomorrow and this week are perhaps laying in their beds right now saying, God, you've got to do more for my sake. They are at their wit's end. I cannot tell you how many people that have said, if I did not receive the Holy Ghost that day or if I didn't meet a Christian that day, I had my suicide note written, I was ready to die. They're right here. Those kids in high school that are walking around thinking that, you know, that they're better than everyone else. And they walk around, and they, it might, might seem like they're the most popular person in high school. They're probably the one that.
All they need is for someone to show them the love of Jesus. And when you begin to show them the love of Jesus Christ, I, I'll prophesy to you right now, he will turn your schools around. He will turn your schools around. That high school group that's coming there, God will do it just like, he will turn it around. You will have youth service after youth service. I promise you. And you'll look at that door and you say, I never thought I'd see him here. I never thought I'd see her here. Yeah, if you allow God to do it, that gospel message will begin to touch the lives of those people. So I want to pray a prayer, a special prayer. God, this week, grant me an opportunity to be able to be a witness. This week, God, I want that to be my focus. I want to be consumed with the zeal of your house. I want to be consumed with your work. I know that we've got lives, we've got businesses, we've got school, we've got all these things. But didn't the book say to seek him first and his kingdom and he'll add all these things to us? I wonder if we would pray a special prayer right now. God, this week, I pray that you meet me with someone. I don't know how it's going to, it might be someone in the supermarket. It might be someone as you're just walking along. But God, meet me with someone this week. Can we pray that right now? Lord, I believe in you. I trust in you. I believe that you have brought us to the kingdom for such a time as this. From the youngest to the senior saints here, you are not finished with us, Lord Jesus. There might even be some names that you're thinking of right now. Why don't you go ahead and declare that? Make a bold step of faith. Call the name of that person out and say, God, open the door of opportunity for me this week. Take away all fear. Take away the doubt. Take away my insecurity, Lord Jesus. Let me take a bold step in faith. Tell somebody that Jesus loves them. next to you right now. If you could put a hand on the shoulder. I want us to pray this as a congregation. God, lead us. Use us, Lord God, in a mighty way. Not just my pastor. Not just the assistant pastor. But God, use me. Use me, Lord God. Oh, I, you, you might be saying, I don't know enough of the Bible. Don't worry about that. God will use you in a mighty way. time to make some declarations right now. I claim it. I claim it. That neighbor, that co-worker, that fellow student, that fellow pastor, I claim it right now in the name of Jesus. 
Come on, make this prayer your song right now. Make this song your prayer right now. So you can use me. Oh, here I am, Lord. Here I am. So you can use me. Phil, God has been aligning this church with the word that we heard tonight. He's been establishing some things. He's been talking to us the last few weeks. Seems like every message we have heard have all been in alignment. We've been talking a lot about every, every school that is represented in Christian Life Church ought to have a P7 club. Somebody ought to say amen to that. And it's great for the adults to say amen that the students ought to start a P7 club. But how about a lunchtime Bible study group at work? Oh, I didn't get as strong of an amen. How about a neighborhood coffee and Jesus? Where's brother and sister Towns in that? How about brownies and Jesus in your neighborhood? A few weeks ago, a few days ago at NAYC, Sister Jamie reached out to my wife and I, and I haven't had an opportunity to meet her. How many of you were here when she talked, when they, the Townsends talked about brownies and Jesus? You remember? Wow, that's all that remembers? We're going to have to have them do that on a Sunday. It's an evangelism initiative that they're doing out of their home simply, but just walking over to the neighbors and using brownies to break to break the ice and saying, we're your neighbor, we love you. If we could ever help you in any way, we're just here. They're just friends. And weeks and months and sometimes years later, they come over or call them and say, would you please pray for us? And God starts opening that door. Every family in this church has an opportunity to use your influence to reach your neighbors. We pray, God, save my family. I want you to elevate your faith and start saying, God, I want you to save my family and my neighborhood. Come on, the river's got to flow through you. Out of your belly shall flow. Out of your belly shall flow. Come on, somebody. 
receive that word right now. Would you do that? Come on, throw both hands in the air and declare it to the Lord. Lord, I want to be that conduit. I want to, come on, flow through me, Lord. Work through me, Lord. Let me pick up what you are saying. Let me do more than just be a hearer, but let me apply this into my life. Come on, revival is imminent in this church. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, right now, I pray for every family, for every family unit, for every young person, school age, college age, for every person that works in an office, in a factory, for anybody that touches.